Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know, it's not smart. I don't know. 10 of the gambling decisions I made this weekend, none of those were smart. You know, those are the smart job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, a smart way exists and you can find it at ZipRecruiter.com slash PS. They find people, ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job, actively invite them to apply. Get qualified candidates fast right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, let's talk about Skittles, a favorite of the Simmons family. I like to debate about sports, but in my long, relatively successful career, there has been one thing I could not debate. That is when someone says Skittles are fruity and delicious. I cannot argue that. It's just a fact. Could I use my expert debating skills to form a well-structured thesis and attempt to counter that fact? Perhaps. There are two sides to everything, especially Skittles. One side has an S on it. Both sides are beloved by the Simmons kids. Skittles, podcast the rainbow, taste the rainbow. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website, as well as where you can read right now on TheRinger.com, by the way, Tom Thibodeau fired by the Timberwolves. A lot of basketball stuff, all kinds of football stuff. We'll find out if Robert Mays is ever seen again professionally after that tough Bears loss. Hopefully he uh, rallied to do a podcast and or write about it. We'll see. I don't know. If he did rally and did something, you can hear him on the Ringer NFL Show podcast, as well as all the awesome podcasts we have on the Ringer Podcast Network, including a new addition to Channel 33, Tea Time, which has become my daughter's uh, new favorite podcast. It's basically celebrity gossip, but... Steered toward a younger crowd. Check that out on Channel 33. And uh, One Shining Podcast as well, right? Woo! Up. Twice a week. Let's go. Twice a week? Yeah. We're going to try. We'll don't try. touch your tattoo, right? We'll try. Don't touch the tattoo. Yeah. Ask, but don't ask either. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle has on his Twitter handle now. Don't touch my tattoo. <laughs> Maybe don't get the tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> what else do we have to plug? Yeah, uh, that's it. Let's start the podcast. We're going to call Sai right now. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, on the line, Big Dick Sal, Cousin Sal. Oh, no, the Big Dick Nick. I'm sorry. I'm, there's so many Big Dicks today. I'm getting confused. <laughs> big Dick Nick did it again. I bet against him. I texted you. I hedged at halftime. Uh, I wanted to hedge at halftime, and I talked myself out of it, and then the Eagles came down and won. I don't know if that's the legacy of this weekend. Would you go with the double doink kick, or would you go with Seattle with the greatest random game cover uh, of the last five years? Man, they're both really good, but this this double doing kick is fresh in my mind, and I know we all had, and I urged everyone to bet the Bears. I had them as my best bet. I loved them at least on a teaser. Hmm. We all had them, and that was uh, that was heartbreaking, especially when he makes the first one before the the icing timeout. Just uh, miserable, miserable to watch. Yeah, I almost wish they would miss the first one on the icing yeah. timeout. Uh, okay, let's go backwards. So we'll we'll do Bears Eagles first, and then we'll hit the other ones, right. and we'll do guest lines later. So they score, they go up 15, 10, mm -hmm. they're home. The Eagles have done really jack shit the whole game. Even yep. the, even the one touchdown drive they had was kept alive by two really dumb penalties 
including my least favorite penalty these days, which is the guy coming in to tackle the receiver who then ducked his head after the guy had started his tackle already. And that kept the third down alive. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive the Eagles would have scored a touchdown in this game otherwise. Anyway, 15-10. Khalil Mack now on the field. There's guys running around. There's weird formations. And then Khalil Mack sprinting toward the sideline like it's part of the play all leading to a weird handoff to a wide receiver who then has to jump three yards over the line that, of course, gets stuffed. That turned out to be the play of the game because they were only up five. Eagles come down, they score the go-ahead touchdown, and the Bears can't come back. So let's start there. How is that your best play, Sal? Well, it can't be your best play. And just a minute before uh, we started this podcast, I looked up. That that wide receiver is Taylor Gabriel. He's listed at 5'8", 165. And you're throwing him a little, you're having him create all his business in the middle of the field. He's going to have to get three yards, like two and a half. By the time he gets the ball, he's like three and a half yards uh, behind the goal line. And then he has to do that whole thing where, you know, it's 50-50. If you get the ball over, you're reaching over and you're getting your 165-pound body scrambled in the midst. It it couldn't be the best play. I have a hot take. Is that their Philly special? Because that's garbage if it is. Yeah, that was the the Philly diarrhea special. Yeah. I have an idea. Give the ball to a running back. Those guys are usually used to knowing what to do when they get handed off a ball in a situation like that. Here's the other thing that drove me crazy. Collinsworth says, even before the two-point, oh, there's Khalil Mack. You know, Nagy loves to, to, to have a lot of fireworks as a decoy and then ends up not actually, and then that's exactly what happened. Khalil Mack's just sprinting like they're going to throw him some sort of out pass or something. Meanwhile, Philly has their whole season on the line a little bit later. And then run a great play to uh, Golden Tate right, to get the touchdown. All right, so start there. Terrible two-point. You have the best defense in the league. You have the best defense statistically of, of the decade. You're yeah. home. It's, it's cold out. You've only given up 10 points. The other team can't run the ball. This is it. The game, it's game over. This is where you've played the whole season to get to this point, to be up five at home. All you have to do is get a stop. You win the game. Not only do they not get a stop, um, the Eagles get a first down inside the five, yeah, under two minutes, and 40 seconds ticks off the clock. Ugh. The Bears just say, you know what? Let's not use a timeout here. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're just, there's no way we'll need this 40 seconds later. We're just going to run this off. So then right. the Eagles end up scoring on fourth down. Now they're coming down with, uh, they only have one timeout left. Trubisky, great play. First down, I think they're inside the 30. Great throw. They're at the 33 or 34. Great, yeah, 33. Yeah. Tom Brady hustles down and, and spikes it. You have to go and spike it. You there. have but to that, spike it. That's the reason you call the timeouts and leave your quarterback, even if it's not Mitch Trubisky, who really doesn't have any experience with a miracle comeback, but you leave him 145 with no timeouts is so much better than 54 with one timeout. Because 54 with one timeout, if you're sacked, that's it. It's over. 145, you're controlling the offense. You're controlling the pace. Trubisky could run down and clock the ball. You can clock the ball really anywhere on the field within 10 or 12 seconds. So that's why 145 that is such a no-brainer, and I can't stand it. I know they're under the microscope more because now we're only watching one game at a time, but these coaches absolutely suck. They really do. It's like starting with the bowl games. Like, I don't understand what I'm watching, and like people will get on my case like, you're not a coach. You can't talk about that. I was like, well, you know what? If I'm watching a movie and 
Brad Pitt is just told that his grandmother was uh, run over by a train and he starts laughing. I think I can call that out. I'm not an actor, but I could be like, yeah, that doesn't seem like the right reaction there. This is the same thing. What the hell's going on here? How many times do we have to see this clock management get screwed up by these guys who are praised? Nagy's supposed to be one of the great ones. Praised all year. And it comes down to bite him in the ass because then Parkey kicks a 43-yarder, which in January in the cold is 50-50 proposition. Right? Boy, we're both riled up. Oh, I, I really, I do feel like the wrong team won the game. And that that's, I, I don't mean to take credit away from the Eagles because I think it was awesome that they were able to go down the field and get the go-ahead touchdown. Sure. The fourth down play was awesome. But the Bears were built to win that game, especially like they have the perfect team for a two-point conversion. They yeah. were in the situation in the Giants game that we, I think we both had money on that. They drove it into overtime on a really nice two-point play that they got, and then the Giants ended up winning overtime. Mm. But to me, it starts with that play. Then you go with the defense just not being able to get a stop. Then using the timeouts incorrectly. Then not spiking the ball. So if Trubisky comes down, they spike the ball. Um, I don't know, what would it have been, like 25 seconds left? 20, 20, Somewhere in there, yeah. 22. I, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but at least you have your timeout. Now I can throw the ball over the middle. Right, you can, can run. You can run. Trubisky could take off. How about how about all these running quarterbacks? Let them take off. A design run play for Trubisky. Could have picked up seven yards. He should have been running the whole play, the whole time. Maybe he should have run the two-point conversion. Same thing with Seattle. We, we'll talk about that later. Russell Wilson should have run more. Yeah. All these running quarterbacks could have done themselves a favor. So then, uh, then they end up basically settling for what they got because on the on the uh, the play before the field goal kick, they actually ran the right play on that play. They tried to go deep ball because it was too risky to really do sure, anything right. else. Mm-hmm. Trubisky overthrew it. Now you're settling for the forty three yarder, and I'm sorry, but if I'm you know I I certainly felt betting all I needed was the Bears to win on a tease and I won my bet. Um, right. I didn't feel confident in the forty three yarder, forty three and beyond. It's it's weird. I feel like forty one is probably the cutoff for me to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Well, what's the number for you? I like it in the thirties. I really do. And outdoors in January, I'd like to see. I think there's a psychological advantage if a kicker thinks he's kicking a thirty nine versus a forty forty one. I think it's so much different. But I what I don't understand is they keep showing that red line. Like, well, fifty three yards. That's his thing. It's like now throw that out because yeah. that means nothing in these games in this situation, especially a guy who's missed half his field goals and or 10 field goals and keeps hitting every upright in, in every major stadium in the country. Like, I don't know. I think get him closer. You're not doing him any favors. And then they do the three. they do the classic move of, they actually mentioned the upright things before the kick, right. which I'd forgotten about. I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is the uprights guy. Oh no. Yep. And then, then it hits the, the upright. Yeah. Somehow NBC spends, I don't know, a kajillion dollars on their cameras. Somehow they have the cool camera behind the guy and it's impossible to tell whether the field goal went in. Then the Eagles are celebrating. So you find out it didn't. And then they're like, let's go to our replays of the kick. They somehow don't have a replay of the ball landing on the upright for the second doink. On the crossbar. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. In the crossbar. Upright crossbar. And I don't think I wanted a replay more all year than just like, wow, what are the odds that the ball hits the upright? And goes backwards instead of forwards. It had to be like a coin flip. Amazing. But this is like, we talk about this every year. We've been doing this. This is probably the 12th postseason, maybe the 13th. Mm -hmm. But these games are fucking coin flips sometimes. And now like, you know, the Eagles could get in the Super Bowl again. And it could all come down to 
if that ball had bounced, you know, the, sure. the laces of the ball had hit the had hit the crossbar instead of the other side, it g- rolls over. Then I was thinking, if that ball landed on the cro- on the crossbar and then kind of fell over for three points, that would have been the most memorable field goal since Vinatieri in the tuck roll game, right? Well, it only would only happen if we didn't have the. We didn't have the Bears on a teaser, but I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Nick Foles, but how about this? How much would you have had on that teaser if you knew that the Eagles would rush for 38 yards and that Nick Foles would throw two interceptions? Well, that's the thing. And, and you know, having a chance to hedge at halftime and just from what I watched, I was like, man, I I don't think the Eagles can really move the ball. Right. And as it turned out on that first touchdown, the penalties really helped them. Then the, that last drive was really great. And and Big Dick Nick gets credit yet again, man. I, I just don't know if Wentz does that. There's a calm about him, especially when you're on the road. And this was the fear of going against the Eagles because you knew that was one of the very few teams that was crazy enough to think they could win that game in Chicago. I was they showed a stat like in the second quarter, maybe third quarter of, of what his what his numbers were when he gets hit. And they're pretty spectacular. And there's yeah. no, there were no interceptions in the, in the bunch. There was one touchdown, no interceptions, but everything was good. Like it was like 70% or something completion. I heard uh, Lombardi on Jam Street heading into the weekend was talking about how he thought it was really dumb that the Bears basically tried to beat the Vikings mm-hmm. to play the Eagles. Oh yeah. And I I personally didn't care because I was like, whatever. I, you know, there it was no different than your team trying to get some momentum heading into the playoffs, right? With the week 17 game. Mm-hmm. But he made a point and it was sticking to my craw all weekend because I love the Bears. I was like you. I thought yeah. I, I was like the Eagles are going to score 10 points in this game. And basically we weren't wrong. They they had 10 points with five minutes left. Mm-hmm. But he was saying by deliberately deciding that they were going to play the Eagles by beating the Vikings, that was motivation for Peterson all week to do the whole, well, they, they, they wanted you guys. They could have played the Vikings. They didn't want to play the Vikings. They wanted to play you. Right. And I was thinking like, that's pretty good. Nobody believes in us. I haven't checked the quotes <laughs> after the game, but you could kind of work with that if you're a head coach. I right? guess. What are you supposed to do though? If you're Chicago, if you lay down to play the Vikings, they have the same motivation. Do you just play for a tie? I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, it was Nagy's first mistake. Well, first I think of many. Maybe you could lay down in the sense of uh, you just don't play anybody and be like, look, man, our team's banged up. Like, yeah. we, like this is not, you know, we, we don't care who we play in the playoffs. I just want a healthy team. That's a t- harder one um, to take seriously. But, man, you go backwards and you think, first of all, this team had a chance to play Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. We talked about this last week. It seems like that's always the option. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Kirk Cousins of the team that just sure. won the I mean, Super what'd Bowl. you see about that Vikings offense that scared you last week? It seems like the Bears could have duplicated that. Right. And then secondly, uh, you know, the the reality is they only scored 15 points mm-hmm. and they were home. And that was the big question mark with this team. When we got to the playoffs, would they actually be able to score points? Their defense, even though they gave up that last big drive, they still if you're saying like we're only gonna give up 16 points in this game, you should win at home. Right. So man, I I I think the Bears were really good. It's funny. Like I feel like the Browns were really good. I felt like they should have been in the playoffs. I think the Bears were good. They're out. Uh I don't know what to make of this anymore. Um well Vegas had the Bears at eleven to one to win the whole thing. And yeah. the next the next biggest odds or next uh, lowest odds out of any team that played this weekend with the Ravens 
and Chargers, who I'm sure we're going to talk about next, were 18 and one. Yeah, and I felt the Bears like they had a nice, nice shot. If they would have won, they they would have create ma- uh, mismatches with the with the Rams, who they already beat. They would have been in a nice spot. But um, yeah, this one shocks me. It really does. I guess I shouldn't be with Philly anymore. And now you have uh, Big Dick Nick's going to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. If you're New Orleans, New Orleans, you're feeling great, but yet you haven't played in three weeks. And now you're playing this team that it just does not die. That is get that continues to have these breaks falling their way, and they're making their own breaks to some degree. And I, I don't know. It's that that doesn't seem like a fair six seed to be coming in. You know. Well, it's it's also like who would you rather play if you're New Orleans? Would you rather play Dallas as yes. the uh, built-in uh, revenge factor in there? Dallas beat them on a Thursday night. You know, in a night game. Uh, there's got to be some moment, uh, motivation there. Or would you rather play the team you beat? I think they beat the the Eagles thirty eight seven. That was uh, forty eight seven. Sorry, forty eight seven. The middle of November. I don't know. I think they got. I think I'd rather play Dallas. I think if I was New Orleans. To be fair, that was with medium sized Dick uh, Dick That's Carson. Right. That's <laughs> not Dick. Adequately hung Carson. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, his uh, what his thing is. Uh, yeah. So the other game today, Chargers Ravens, which um, you know, it's funny. And people were doing this on the Ringer NFL Slack, and I felt it on Twitter too. Is everybody was like defending Lamar Jackson and Ugh. being like, "Come on, it's this is it's the play calling too." And everybody wants this Lamar Jackson thing to happen so badly. I'm a huge fan. I've been bitching that the Pats passed him up uh, in the draft for eight months now. He was awful in the first three quarters. The coaches, the coaches were also awful, but Lamar was awful. And he he just looked like the moment was too big for him. He finally settled down in garbage time. They they spread the field out. They did some more stuff with him. But, you know, the reality is he he fumbled once. He threw a pick. He put the ball on the ground two other times. He took some bad sacks yep. and uh, just didn't seem comfortable ever in that game until it got into garbage time. And the Chargers looked locked in. I don't I don't understand football enough to know what a big deal it was that they were playing the three safeties to try to throttle the run offense, yeah. but it definitely worked. And it was one of those games within five minutes, like, oh wow, the Ravens are gonna lose. It just had that feel immediately, right? And but at, as they were coming back, and I couldn't believe they were back in that game. They had the ball drive or they had a chance to win there. I as a Patriots fan, knowing that one of these teams is coming to Foxborough, you had to be like, Oh, please. Please, Ravens, pull this out somehow. Because, yeah, you're right. Lamar Jackson, that, that game seemed too big for him. Next week would be, seem twice as big. He had six yards passing halfway through the third quarter. There's a lot of talk about Flacco coming in. I don't think that would have made a difference. But the guy ended up 14 for 29 with 194, mostly in garbage time. Yeah. And those are really, really bad home stats in a big game like this. His stats with with like 10 minutes to go were probably the most atrocious of yeah. anybody who actually was the starter heading in the playoffs. And it was it was crazy because I was joking in the slack at halftime for the ringer about bringing in Flacco. Mm-hmm. And then Boomer came on the halftime show. He was like, they got to bring in Flacco. And then they go back uh, after halftime and they're showing, it looked like Lamar had gotten benched because he had the coat on. He looked really bummed out. Yeah. Flacco was next to him. And then Romo was talking about it. And it was like, Wow. He's so he was so bad in this game that we're actually going to have the Flacco conversation. Mm-hmm. Like Flacco's career is over; he's right. never going to start another game. But I saw RG three. I was like, all right, at least RG three something. But then I saw he wasn't dressed. I don't think I don't think he was sitting right. next to Flacco. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Those seven sacks he took 
in a way worse than a lot of the overthrows. There's some bad sacks, like just like not no pocket awareness at all. At the same time, I thought the play calling by by Harbaugh was almost like he was trying to get uh to to pave the way to leave after the season or something. It was like, what are you doing? Spread the field. They're, they're mm-hmm. st- they're, they have nine guys in the box where you're not going to be able to run the ball. Stop. Right. You got to throw it. And they just didn't trust him. And, you know, that was one of the reasons they lost. I thought the Ravens played a good game, though. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, the uh, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were good in that game. And, you know, like... Uh, I, they were good. They were smart. They, they When they ran on the side, but they, they could have closed it out earlier. That 76 got called for a hold. Yeah, but, uh, true. They, the Gordon, along, you know, when he stretched the field running-wise, that was the way to do it on the sw- jet sweeps and everything, not to run up the middle because that's where it gets clogged up and the, the, the uh, Ravens defense uh, linebackers shine. But, yeah. Also, with that, with that, uh, we, we were talking about this, like, um, watching. Like, when 76 gets called for the hold and Gordon is way past him there. Yeah, do they even, should they even call it? Well, you know, you're gonna call you call uncatchable, right? On on passes, on pass interference, you can call uncatchable if the ball goes sailing out of bounds. I wouldn't mind seeing like a you know uncatchable when that that defender is not gonna ever ever if if you fast forward a million years and he's not touched is never gonna catch untackleable uh, Gordon, you know, untackleable, untackleable, yeah. Oh, we, you reminded me we didn't talk about that crazy play in the Bears game when the guy caught it. It was a legal catch. Yeah, fumbled. And then <laughs> nobody picked it up, and the umpire no one picked, picked it, it up. up because the referee is waving everything off, like everyone get away, as if this is a grenade that's about to go off in three seconds. Instead of just letting everything play through, and then we find out afterwards that even they're not allowed to call it a catch if the ball was not recoverable, if they didn't allow to, <laughs> the ball to be recoverable. So they had to go to, to their original bad call um, because they couldn't make make do on the. Subsequent bad call. Yeah, new rule. First of all, pick up pick up the live ball just for the yeah. hell of it. Just go, sure. it's, there's a football on the ground. Just pick it up just mm-hmm. for the hell of it. Um, I also that's think, how I was just walking to work. I, that's yeah, that's my just, motto. Hey, yeah. pay, hey, there's a football. Go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, can you can you not blow the whistle until we're 100 percent positive? The, this know. this happens every week. It's really frustrating. In this case. He clearly took three steps with the ball. I don't know mm-hmm. what what they're whistling. Um, you know, sometimes human error and the things happen so fast or whatever. But that one, it was like it seemed like a catch to Definitely the naked eye. Catch. That yeah. was a really big play because you know they ended up getting. They I think they got a field goal anyway out of it. They got a field goal. Yeah. The Chargers had a lot of field. Like if they had picked that ball up, they could have actually made something happen. They were the, uh, the Eagles. I mean, not the oh, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, the Eagles. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought the Chargers were unequivocally the better team. And if I'm a Bears fan, we have a couple on the Ringer staff. I know a few. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking tough loss, man. I mean, Real that bad. is like levels of losing. It's not like in the top couple tiers, but first of all, when you lose a game that you will then 20 years from now, you could say whatever the title for that game was and your buddy will know immediately what game you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's never good. This was the double doink game. It's just double doink gate. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way it's going to be the double doink. Uh, it'll, it'll live in infamy forever. It still defies it. physics a little. I didn't do great in physics, but for the ball to be hitting so hard, hit so hard that it hits the middle of the upright, you know, it's definitely got enough juice to be good from 50 and then to, okay. If it bounces back, that's one thing, but then to hit the, hit the uh, crossbar, um, 
That's unbelievable. Well, we That's learned we learned phone. a valuable lesson. If you have forty five cameras at a football game, maybe get the maybe get a good shot of the kick that bounced off the upright yeah, and landed on the crossbar. Might want might want to grab that. That's been fun to see. Let's take a quick break. Hey, let's take a break to talk about Vudu. It's a streaming service you can watch on all your favorite devices. Stream over 6,000 titles for free or choose from over 150,000 titles to rent or buy in up to 4K quality from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to independent cinema. It's awesome. I highly recommend this. We uh, we have been talking about this on the Rewatchables podcast, actually. So head over to voodoo.com slash rewatchables to sign up and start watching today. That is vudu.com. Slash rewatchables. I mentioned this because the rewatchables comes back this week. Oh yeah. We taped it on Friday and let's just say it's North of two hours. The Godfather. Wow. We, we were like, all of us needed to have a cigarette like Michael Corleone after it was that kind of pod. We covered everything. It is going up, I guess, midnight, Monday night, heading into Tuesday, the rewatchables, the Godfather. That's happening. We did it. One of my favorite ones that we've done. Subscribe to the Rewatchables and check out voodoo.com, vudu.com slash rewatchables. Check it out. So going backwards to Saturday, we don't really have to talk about the Colts-Texans game. The Colts, it's funny, you picked the Texans, which I was like flabbergasted <laughs> about because the, since basically October, you and I both loved the Colts and didn't understand the Texans thing at all. And this seemed like the the greatest time ever for us to jump on one. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened. What, what were you trying to outthink it? What was going I on? Was, I was trying to outthink it a little bit. Uh, it's funny. I went back. I didn't even realize I made a bet early in the week, a pretty substantial bet. And I got killed both ways. I had Colts over 23 and a half total points, team points. Mm. They had 21 with six minutes left in the second quarter. Oh, my four God. Minutes left. They did not go over. That's a bad beat. You can't imagine that there's a bad beat in a 21-7 game that the Ravens didn't, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that the uh, Texans didn't show up for. But that was a bad beat. That's but tough. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it, I guess, too much. They just came out there and, and beat the crap out of them. Well, and, you know, um, the thing is, they can block, you know? Yeah. And and I would I would put their offensive line at the very tip top. And it became clear within about six minutes of that game that the Texans just weren't going to be able to get to luck unless they started sending crazy blitzes and doing all that shit. The Colts were just better. Uh, we'll talk about their chances. But this is a game we watched the Shakey's, by the way. Nice yeah, turnout. yeah. When uh, <laughs> Shakey's, uh, the pizza buffet tragically ended at two, so we had to order more pizzas. But decent <laughs> turnout. Um, who knows if those people ever get together again after the controversial trade that blew up our league. Lots of controversy. Hench apologized, but then went back on his way, you know, backtracked a little bit. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. By the way, there were some people, some fans of ours that were actually there uh, whispering about us. And uh, thank you for not bothering us. That was nice. <laughs> I, 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 I go the other way. If, if oh. we come on over, say hello. Oh yeah. Come on over. Say hi to Bill. Not, not me. Just, just come say hi. <laughs> Um, all right. So the other game, your team, your team. It's Can I just, let me just one thing about Houston yeah. before we say farewell to them. When they were down seven, nothing and they had fourth and two at their 38. Yeah. I was like, go for it. If it's 14, nothing. If, if, if you punt and it's 14, nothing, this game is over. Yeah. And, and sure enough, it was, that was the only thing I was right about in that game. But a lot, a lot of conservative play calling by the, these coaches. I think they just fall apart in January. Well, then your team. 
Saturday yeah. night, the Blood Diamond rematch. Do you want to tell America <laughs> uh, what was scheduled that day on cable? Someone sent me a screen grab of DirecTV's programming, and within two channels of the Cowboys' Seahawks was Blood Diamond playing on some Spanish uh, Spanish television. So I would have to cry. I, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy, crazy mental warfare going on because the first time these two played, or the last time these two played a playoff game in primetime, I, uh, I watched Tony Romo botch the snap. I demanded with the wife that we go off to uh, see Blood Diamond because I had to get out of the house. And it wasn't the saddest move I've ever seen, but I let the tears flow all over, all <laughs> over did. the uh, arc light in Studio City. You did. And I, was, I vowed to not have a rematch of that. But yeah, DirecTV had other ideas. Absolutely incredible scheduling by them. Yeah. By the way, um, some I got some emails from people who were upset that we forgot that the original Romo game was in Seattle, not Dallas. And yeah. look, man. We forget? I'm, I didn't forget. I'm turning 50 this year. I call my my son Ben Zoe and my daughter Zoe Ben all the time. <laughs> I, I'm not dealing with a full deck anymore. So right. you can't get mad at me because I forgot that the Romo game was in Seattle, <laughs> not Dallas. I'm what are we, we make supposed mistakes. to Why would we forget? We were supposed to show our, our ticket stubs? I, I knew it was in Dallas, in Seattle. Well, Whatever. we said Dallas, or I said Dallas, oh, and people right. were mad and have the location correctly. Right. Listen. America, it's 2019. There's going to be a lot of mistakes coming from this guy right here. <laughs> you get, there's going to be mispronunciations. I'm going to get dates wrong. It's funny. When I was in Boston, right out of college, they had this famous drive time local guy named Eddie Andelman. Mm -hmm. And he would get everything wrong. He would call people the wrong name. He would call Reggie Johnson instead of Reggie Lewis and Doug Brown right. instead of D Brown. And I always used to get endless delight out of just him screwing things up. And I'm headed there, Sal. That's, That's why I bring there, this yeah. up. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not that no, far I'm away. the same way. <laughs> so your team, Dallas, you win, you advance, but you also bet on them and we're on the wrong end of, I think, one of the 20 great gambling uh, moments slash uh whatever that unfolded of this decade, this century. Terrible gambling. Oh, great. All right. Yeah, I guess whoever you have. Well, first of all, all four underdogs covered this weekend. Yeah. If you, if you got Seattle plus two and a half, if you got them plus two, it was a push, but that was... Wait, 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 hold on. It, it, gets, it gets worse than that. What, it started it's worse out... Than that? I don't, what is it? It started out Dallas by one and a half. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. So it actually was reminiscent of the famous Jackie Smith game. The Super mm -hmm. Bowl, which started out at three and a half, went to four and a half, came back down at four, and Vegas lost like no matter who bet on it. Yes. So this one, they lost all the bets on Dallas one and a half. Mm -hmm. If you bet anything at two, it's a push. They don't care about that. And then two and a half, any Dallas bet loses. But at that point, if you're banging Seattle, basically Seattle two and a half and Dallas one and a half both wins. Right. It's incredible. And then somehow the overhit too in a game that the no business, 25 points being scored total. Right. So I think between that and the and the Eagles money line hitting and and also the Chargers winning as underdogs, when it felt like, especially by game time, the Chargers were the all-time bandwagon pick. Yeah. I'm, my guess is Vegas didn't do well this weekend. I don't think they did with those money, those underdogs. And I, I see the same thing happening. Well, we'll get to it when we get to the lines, but um, I just did. I felt like Jason Garrett really tried to lose that game. He tried his hardest. He really just, did. Just couldn't come through. 
attempting the 58-yard field goal. It was, am- that completely, was a, what an amazing moment that was. Couldn't have been more of a field position type game. And, yeah. he, and he turns it over. As Lombardi likes to point out, that's a turnover. You attempt a long field goal and miss, that's a turnover when the other team gets it. And um, I just, you know, like like I said with um, like I said with Trubisky, like there should have just been more plays with Prescott's opening up where he's running. He doesn't have the bullet arm. He's throwing on third and seven to guys. The guys are past the sticks and they have to come back for his passes and they end up short be fourth and one. So they're not managing him right at all. But it uh it did work out. And uh <laughs> thank thankfully Janikowski went out when he did. Well, if it's any consolation, your QB wasn't even in the top three of QBs that were used the most incorrectly this weekend. Yeah, I guess so. So there you go. I guess so. Although I will say when when the Cowboys started first down at their own three, I said out of the eight quarterbacks, mine is the one I trust the least in this situation. Oh, for like some sort of something bad. Yes, exactly. Um, I have no idea what Seattle was doing. I I was tweeting about it on Saturday night. I hate to do the you heard me on Twitter thing, but Mm -hmm. it, it was the only thing I really cared about last night was what the fuck Seattle was doing. It's one thing when it's like Lamar Jackson and he's 21 years old. Right. And he's never been in that spot before. And the Ravens were clearly just doing everything they could not to put him in a position to have to do too much. And even like Trubisky, I think, is in that category to some degree. Russell Wilson's like won a Super Bowl. He's good. Your best chance is him scrambling around doing Russell Wilson things. And just over and over and over again, they're running the ball in the middle of the line. As a Cowboys fan, you must have been like over the moon. I loved it. I loved it. First of all, he was like, I think he was like 10 of 11 in play action passes. Yeah. Okay. So they couldn't defend that. The other thing, they're defending the run. You loved Chris Carson. I know you did. Don't lie. You I loved did. Him in I Daily loved him Fantasy. for Daily Fantasy. I had him in FanDuel this week. He did nothing. None of those running backs did anything. I think they were like 21 for, for 50 or something, 53 or something. Crazy. But the one running play that did work is when Russell Wilson does the, you know, the read option. You yeah. Know? Tucks it, he throws it in the running back's stomach, then pulls it out and comes around the edge. That's a big gainer. That's the one I was afraid of. I was afraid of him in play action. They didn't use him right at all. And I think uh, our boy Mays pointed out like, hey, if this is how you're going to use Russell Wilson, this is your offense, don't pay him $30 million. Right. You get another guy to do this. Yeah, that was the frustrating thing because I've watched a lot of Seahawks this year and it's almost like there's two different Seahawks teams. It's like that control the ball, just get to the fourth quarter, it's close, and our defense and Russell can win it. And then there's like the, let's just unleash unleash Russell for a quarter. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, he's really good. You know, it's not it's not like with Lamar uh, Jackson yeah. and Trubisky where you have no idea what's going to happen. And, that fourth and sixth throw to Baldwin is one of the greats. Yeah, I mean, he's, for Baldwin to, to pull that in and that throw had to be spot on. Like, everything was perfect. I, I thought it was mystifying and I'm a, I'm a big Chris Carson fan, but it became clear. Dallas was like, you're not running on us today. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know, I always think what, what is the thing the other team wouldn't want you to do? And I'm pretty sure Dallas wouldn't have want Seattle to just spread the field right, and have Wilson just kind of dancing around. Now with all that said, Janikowski gets hurt Ugh. leading to, I think one of your five best tweets ever. What did I say? You said he that Janikowski pulled his honey baked hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> he is fat, He's slightly fatter than uh, me. That's a great, it's a great fat joke. I love that. Uh, you, yeah, you, I, he he ended up getting the last laugh because I had money on the Seahawks, uh, Dallas, and uh, they didn't cover because. And so then there's then you see a half hour of this guy Dixon, the rookie punter, yeah, practicing field goals on the side, yeah, and they're not letting him 
kick a field goal to a point where, and I know you had Seattle on a two-team teaser, right? You had them like plus eight or something. Yeah. So when they're down 10, you probably want them to, what are you, what's going through your mind? You want them to kick the field goal on fourth and six from the 17? Would have been a pretty short field goal, like a 34-yarder, right? I had kind of just given up on the game, to be honest. Oh, I, I didn't know. Right I, didn't, there, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like they had a chance to, uh, did I? Oh, I, I guess I just had the tease. I'd give yeah, it up on yeah. the Seattle pick. I didn't think they mm-hmm. had a chance. Um, but yeah, yeah. The I, I've never seen anything like it where they also got the two two points. Usually the team goes one for two in those, right? But then, yeah, I actually thought, and it was yeah, they got both two point conversions. It was weird to me that Prescott, you know, after he got that big first down, he almost scored, and there's mm-hmm. like right over two minutes left. Yeah, it almost worked out, but to not score. Yeah. Or how about this? Like just take a knee, take a knee. And then I don't know, try to score in third down or there's gotta be some better way to play that because how it played out was Seattle scored and ended up onside kick. And I don't know. I looked at it. They were one play away from it working perfectly. I think they did have to try. It would have been ideal if they scored on third down and not first there, but I don't know if you could really play it like that, but that kid, them not going to him for the, the first two point conversion then down 10 on fourth and six. You need two scores. Yeah. So they don't kick the field goal. They go on fourth and I think it was six. They score and then they go for two. This guy's still practicing kicks on I the sideline. They should have told him to quit. Should well, have been they practicing onsides. Yeah, yeah. Go practice your onside kick, something that you haven't done. doesn't have to be a drop kick. By the way, his drop kick onside probably would have been a good field goal from 30 yards out. Well, like... What were they doing? That was the worst onside kick of all time. And they have this guy practicing field goals. So the situation, they were not going to put him in at all. It was very strange. It was a rough night for Pete Carroll. We have a writer at the ringer, Roger Sherman, mm-hmm. who the, his dream in life would have been to, for somebody to try a drop kick to decide an NFL playoff game. Right. He was so excited about it. And it really did seem like it was in play there for a second when when it was like what was like fourth and six or fourth and 11. I think it was worse than that. I think it was like fourth and eleven or fourth and nine mm-hmm. or something. And he's made those. Dixon does those before the games. He makes like forty yard drop kick field goals. Right. I thought for sure they were going to bring him in. It would have been amazing. Well, I, they kept saying like uh, Aikman and Bug were like, "Well, they tried him kicking field goals during halftime and before the game, and uh, yeah, it was not pretty." Like, really? How bad could it have been? And why is this happening? Like Janikowski, you know. He's not. He's not the picture of health. If he didn't, if he didn't pull his hamstring kicking, by the way, which is hilarious, uh, he could easily oversleep in a drunken stupor. You know, maybe have a backup plan for Janikowski. Either way, how about this? Why have Janikowski? The guy. It, it's like having me as your kicker. I know. It's like, yeah. hey, Bill, what's wrong today? I slept my wrong. My neck hurts. That's their right. fucking kicker. He's yeah. just old. He's <laughs> an old guy who's been going out for thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Like they, you trust that guy in a play. It's like almost in a, in fantasy when the lineups are set before the playoffs and you kind of ride or die with whoever's on your team and you have no backup for kicker yeah. or quarterback or whatever. And then the quarterback gets hurt and you're like, oh man, aren't I an asshole? Right. Like, I don't I just don't know how you go in the playoffs with Janikowski. He's just not well, being a football team anymore. He saved them a lot of money, the Seahawks backers. They didn't win the game, but the plus two and a half was ridiculous. It was, the silliest of all covers I've seen. They were showing him on the sidelines. He looked like Brando in Apocalypse Now. I, <laughs> I thought he was like Kurtz. I there was Martin like a delay in his injury too. He kicked and then he like like 
stumbled a little bit and walked and like, oh boy, oh this hurts. It did, <laughs> now this hurts. It did look a little Judge Smale. Zoom my arm. I think it's broken. Yeah, delay of pain. How did you get that joke? Well, I know what you mean. What was it? I the Judge Smales. Ooh, ooh, my arm. I think it's broken. Oh. Remember when the ball hits him? Kyle doesn't understand. No, that. but yeah. I, I picked it up. You know, I get it. I understand what's Kyle, going have you seen on Caddyshack? here. Caddyshack. Yes. I feel like Caddyshack should be the one over thirty-five-year-old comedy that 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 still holds up. That everyone sees. Oh my God! So can we we gotta talk about this Sopranos really fast? We'll yeah. do guest line. We we'll, we got to do our greatest call and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, God, the Sopranos is on. They're just running the marathon because it's a twenty-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. My wife comes home. I told you this, so pretend you didn't hear this before. Uh, come home Friday night. Put on TV. My wife puts on TV and it's like some random Sopranos episode. I'm kind of like, oh, what's this one? Oh, it's the one with the with the rap mogul and Christopher decides he wants to like be a music producer and Adriana. And I knew it was first season. I ended mm-hmm. up watching five Sopranos in a row. Nice. And I haven't thought really thought about that show in a serious way since the last episode, which thank God I didn't have a podcast because you were more upset about the ending of the last Sopranos than we'd anything. still be doing that podcast. We wouldn't be we wouldn't I, be done with nothing it. has ever made you more upset than that since I've known you. I've known you for right. sixteen years and counting now. It was the single biggest atrocity you've I'm ever I'm still not good with it. A lot of people like forty percent of the people who did probably didn't like it and uh and they're almost all okay with it. Still not good with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh God, that show's good. So now I'm thinking yeah. like, I, I kind of want to just bang out the whole series and maybe do a Rick Happables podcast oh, or wow. something. It's nice. really like, I forgot how, I I don't know why you would forget this. I just haven't thought about it, but there's a reason people say it's the best show of all time. It's amazing. Yeah, so it anyway, really I, I was like, it was such a delight not to remember what happened in any of the episodes and just to kind of almost be experiencing it. Like I forgot, spoiler Tony gets shot like near the end of the thing. They get the the two hitmen try to get him and they shoot the orange juice. Yeah, right. Man, it was something. I, well, I, let me let me give it a, uh, a, as big a compliment as I can right now. Currently, I'm watching Ray Donovan. I have to be the last of those who've sat, wow, sat and is, watched Ray Donovan. That's amazing. And I thought I I realized why I watch it because it takes it has ten percent of the grit that The Sopranos has, and it has and that's just enough to keep me uh, to keep me interested. The the Polly Walnuts I really 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 awesome. missed, and it, it and was his like, relationship with Chris Moltisante is so good. My wife always has this thing, and she said it Friday night when we were watching it. She's like, "I really miss these people. These were my friends. Yeah, Even they're like these fucking characters on a TV show. Characters, uh, terrible, horrific characters. The horrific characters. Well, that was the first of the characters, the bad guys that you rooted for, right? Like oh in yeah. Terms of, no, that yeah. that show created. He basically created it. the anti-hero, yeah. Yeah. And I forgot how great Edie Falco was in the yeah. scene when uh the priest, when the priest comes over, he's like, I rented a movie, and she yeah. and she does that whole monologue and just eviscerates him. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. That was weird. I'm not gonna be your whiff of sexual attention. Let me <laughs> God, what a great show. Let me ask you this. When you're watching it back, do you fast forward to the therapy sessions? Because that did bug me every week. Mm. That was the only thing. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm starting from scratch, and okay. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But it's it's maybe I, maybe I could do recapables for. I'd love to by, be season by season. You want to do it? You want, should yeah, we just bang might, out well, the season? It's funny because we have 20 movie screeners that for Oscar season that we should be watching, 
and uh, and every like probably fifteen other shows that every one of our best friends goes to tell, calls us an asshole for not having seen so far. But we'd rather sit down and watch The Sopranos. Hey, listen, it's the right decision. I will yep. say, I finally saw Three Identical Strangers this weekend, and that was awesome. I it saw was that really, really, really riveting. It was really so good. good. I highly recommend that one. Yep. All right, Crown Royal is doing something pretty cool this football season. They launched a responsible drinking campaign called The Water Break. It's all about encouraging people to hydrate between drinks for a better experience, whether at the game, watching at home, or in a bar. Have a great time. Enjoy some Crown. Don't be that person that ruins it for everyone. We've all seen that guy who drank too much watching the game. Was Corolla that guy today, by the way? <laughs> he was okay today. He was okay? All right. Make the right call and take a water break. Sal, who made the right call this week or not? Well, I feel bad because we just discussed it, and uh, it is ironic that in a lot of cases, I think... This guy was has been that person, but Sebastian Janikowski, good job by you, pulling up limp. Uh, you didn't help your team win by sitting out, but I don't think they would have won anyway. And Seahawks um, were able to cover the spread with two two-point conversions plus going for a touchdown when they should have kicked the field goal. So nice job, Seabass. He, he was just on the injury report as old. They didn't even yeah, have an injury. My red call of the week goes to the uh, Timberwolves. Mm. They they dumped Tom Thibodeau today. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was watching the Celtics play the Timberwolves the other night. And Gordon Hayward's had two good games this year, both against the Timberwolves. Because mm-hmm. the Timberwolves don't really work hard on defense at all and just looked like a team that was adrift. And uh, I kind of want to I want to see Carl Towns in the right situation. So he had, he had the Jimmy Butler Ebola virus with him. Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> took the virus over to Philly and now has infected that team. And uh, and then the coaching situation has just been, just hasn't been a fit, which I'm shocked by. I thought Tibbs was going to do great there, but maybe the direction the league has gone has just uh, passed him by. It's so much more offense oriented than during his uh, Rose Bulls glory days. But um, I'd like to see Towns, you know, in the right situation because I have no idea how good he is. I know he's super talented. I know he's a franchise guy, but I don't know what he is. So, well, what about Tibbs? Could he could he end up as an assistant at Philly just to haunt uh, Jimmy Butler? Because obviously that's not going so great. Well, the irony is that he would be an amazing lead assistant if that's what yeah. he decides to do. But I do think he's getting paid, uh, whether or not he works. Right. So if I were him, I would just, you know, go go cool off somewhere. Try mm-hmm. to wonder what went wrong. I don't know what's going on with the Jimmy Butler thing. There's a lot of bad buzz floating around about what's going on in Philly. But anyway, that's our right call this week. Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and hydrate responsibly. Speaking of uh, responsibly, I feel like we got to be a little more responsible this week with with the gambling. I, I make this mistake from time to time. I ignored the playoff manifesto. I took Lamar Jackson against Phil Rivers. I felt really good about it. I love the Ravens. I even did a mm-hmm. long long shot Super Bowl thing. And I made the classic mistake of not just taking a deep breath and really thinking about it. Because as soon as that game started and I realized that it was Phil Rivers versus a rookie QB who had eight starts and I had the rookie QB, I did not feel good about it, Sal. Well, I mean, maybe there is something to that. Maybe the manifesto should just be limited to, hey, take the better quarterback whether it's road or home in the first round, better quarterback, more accomplished quarterback was underdog, was on the road this week. It was luck. All right, so Seattle didn't win, but Wilson covered. Um, who else am I like? Oh, Nick Foles, Tricky Nick. But Sal, here's him. the problem. So that is what? in the manifesto, and there's there's two different quarterback rules. I, re- I did the manifesto. I rewrote it for 
a year ago on The Ringer. And there's mm-hmm. two different rules. One is like, don't take a shitty quarterback. I don't think Lamar Jackson's shitty. I think he had a bad game. And the other one is take a look at the quarterbacks again and really think about it. You're picking one of these two guys. They're probably going to decide the game. And uh, it was it was just a tactical error, and I have a lot of regrets. So. All right. Well, we'll bounce back. There's, um, what is it? There's seven games left in the season. We could do this. Yeah. I mean, the Seattle one was the luckiest. It was a push on this podcast. It was a cover for gambling purposes. Right. But that that was a complete fluke. Right. And then, you know, let me ask you this. If the if the Bears get that two point and it's 17-10, do they cover? Do the Eagles score if they're down seven instead of five? Oh, interesting. I don't know. Psychologically, the five is a little more tasty because it's like, man, if we score a touchdown, we win this game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that the Bears would have tried any any harder though down five or seven but on defense true it just feels like a different kind of pressure down seven versus five mm-hmm. I don't know maybe. Yeah, no I knew Who it knows? given six and a half I knew they weren't getting that two point conversion up five just knew it wasn't a chance oh and, and there's another new manifesto rule that I it's in the manifesto but I don't I have relatives for Jim Mora but I didn't have it for Marty Schottenheimer and I should have because Marty Schottenheimer is still in the manifesto even though he's no longer with us but it's a list yeah. of all these different coaches not to bet on, including Marty Schottenheimer and Jim Mora, who I don't know if Jim Mora is with us either. But it's basically all the relatives for Jim Mora, you're not allowed to bet on them either. And oh, I, I, I should see. have extended that to Schottenheimer <laughs> because, God damn, it was awful betting on Brian Schottenheimer for four quarters. You were killing him. Killing well, him. Well, it was. What, what about when it was third and 17 and he threw the design screen to the third string white tight end? Remember that play? Yeah. What was that? What, what did they think was going to happen on that play? I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get anything like I, throw long. Uh, how many defensive penalties? I feel like we see a dozen a game. Yeah, just throw long. Give your quarterback a chance to get a defensive penalty. You know. Well, that was it's, the it's case. An ugly game to play, but that that's winning football. I think right there. That was the case for Flacco. At yeah. halftime, just bring in, try to get some PIs because they weren't right. moving the ball anyway, right? Like Joe. You know what to do. Loft some 35-yarders up there. May, yeah, may, throw it downfield. Throw it downfield. We'll get some PIs. We'll get back in this thing. Because that's that was the uh, Flacco PI offense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what is the first game in round two? Just out of curiosity. because I don't... First game. And these are gr- really good games, I think. Yeah. Especially the AFC matchup. So the first game is uh, 435 Eastern Indy at Kansas City. It's a great one. It feels like... I know Luck's only beaten Kansas City once, but it does feel like the Colts have beaten the Chiefs a bunch of times in the past. Right. But it's probably only been twice. But one of them... I think, that's, I think it's only two. One of them was the legendary Luck comeback game. Mm-hmm. When everyone on the Chiefs got hurt, Andy Reid got involved. By the way, we forgot to mention Matt Nagy, uh, Andy Reid disciple. Right, that's right. I mean, he oh, really yeah. learned from the master today, right? Yeah, don't pay attention to that clock thing. You'll be fine. <laughs> Focus <laughs> on other stuff. <laughs> use your two, use your timeouts erratically. It'll work yeah. out for you. <laughs> Col- this is uh, here's the here's the red flag for the Colts. One of the playoff manifesto rules is beware of the team that looked a little too good the week before. You were saying this. We were watching this game in yeah. uh, Shakey's and our friend Trevor, who's a big, big Chiefs fan, it just it looked like he had like a tear running down his eye yeah. in anticipation of the Colts coming to town. And you're like, oh, don't worry. This this is how these games go. But I I would be, I'm not saying I'm taking the Colts here, but they're a team that 
the Chiefs, like, they, they, that defense can't get a stop. And against this team that goes up and down the field, you're going to have to get one stop. Or do you think it's just going to be a fluky cold weather? You're on the roads too loud. Andrew Luck's going to be discombobulated. Oh, I don't think that at all. All right. I, I think they have an awesome offensive line and the Chiefs have a terrible defense. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have time to throw the whole game. Yeah. My question is what happened to them during the last two and a half quarters of the Texans game? Because we were like, we thought the game right. was over. We're all talking. I was like half watching, but not full watching. But I don't understand why it was so hard for them to move the ball. Because that their running back ended up having a big game too, Mac, which was a surprise because Houston had the number one run defense. Yeah, that was strange. And I had even suggested they take luck out in the fourth quarter when it really didn't look like the Texans were moving the ball at all. But they kept them in and they still didn't do anything. Yeah, that that's, I don't know. I don't know how much momentum you need going into these games, but... I will say this about the Chiefs and all of these home teams, like Chiefs, Rams, let to a lesser extent the Saints and definitely the Patriots. All right, I'm not including the Week 17 games where they blew out the crap teams like the Jets. Uh, Patriots beat up the Jets. Chiefs beat up the Raiders. When was the last time the Chiefs had a convincing home win against a good team? What would you say? Well, I'm glad. Are you asking me because you know the answer? I, I do know the answer, but you could you could guess if you want. Well, I remember that I'm looking it up now, but it was the, it was uh, it was the Browns, but I don't remember what week that was because you know I think the Browns. No, are I don't team. think no no home home game though. Home game. Oh, home game. I don't know. Well, who was it? No, the answer is not this year. I don't think it's happened this year. They beat the Niners by 11. They beat the Jags by 16. They beat the Bengals by 35. They beat Denver by seven. I don't know. Was Denver an okay? That wasn't a convincing win. Then they beat up the Cardinals. They barely beat the Ravens a few weeks ago. They lost to the Chargers, as we know. And then they uh, they crushed the Raiders. But I haven't seen a big win against a good team in a while. Same thing with the same thing with the Patriots. Same thing really with the Rams. I think there's a lot of red flags with the Chiefs. Yeah. It's it seems like a soft one seed. I don't know if the Colts are the right team to go in there and win, but we know we know we don't like their defense. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the third string running back. Russell and I were talking about this the other day. I get nervous with guys who haven't been there before putting the ball on the ground. You saw right. it with Lamar today, you know, like that the new guy comes in, the new guy's always trying to do way too much. And I, mm-hmm. I do feel like at some point, um, well, the chiefs have a new guy too. Who's Damian Williams. Back. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, I, I know you meant Indianapolis, but no, no, Mac. no, oh, okay. no. I, that guy's, that guy had a game under his belt. The Damian yeah. Williams thing. I, I think that's oh, I a concern. You. But well, as it is, these buy teams, at least two of them, I'm not going to say they lose, but they definitely start off slow. Like having the week off is nice to get your, your injured players like back back to normal. But it, it, it takes its toll on a couple of these teams, if not three teams, uh, typically. By the way, I, d- I looked up because I wanted to s- the Russell Wilson covering on the two point because of the honey baked hamstring. <laughs> I looked up because I remembered I had written about this about the Alcoa greatest moments ever. Cause I remember Brad had that Tamarick Vanover story, which he's now since told on your podcast. Right. But I remember that we'd all racked our brains trying to think of the greatest stupid gambling moments ever. And, uh, the number one was the music city miracle. Mm-hmm. So I was rereading what I wrote and I forgot this. Tennessee was giving five, uh, and the miracle TD gave the Titans a 21, 16 lead. And there's only a few seconds left. And they kicked the PAT instead of going for two. I forgot there was like a whole second miracle part of the miracle, which was them 
just settling for the PAT to cover. Wait over. a minute. What did they really? You could go for two back then for sure. That's what I wrote back here. And we had fact checkers. So uh, okay. you must have been able to go to two wow. for two back then. The second right. one, I didn't even remember, but it was the impetus for this was the Palomalu game. Mm-hmm. So he, he must have, he must have had some interception or something that covered with no time remaining on the clock. I vaguely remember it, but it was on Monday night football. The Adam Vinatieri two point run on Monday night when Pete Carroll was coaching the Pats, they were three right, and a point favorites, that. controversial touchdown, mm-hmm. and the and the Bills left the field in protest. Yep. So the Pats, uh, they ran, they had Vinatieri running the two point, and they won by four, and they covered by a half point. There was a story on that like a year ago about a guy down on his luck guy, like a janitor, and he needed that game to win like. Thirty-seven thousand dollars. Was it Brad? Twelve for twelve. No, 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 no. Janitor. I said no. Oh. <laughs> it might have been Brad, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, you'll be happy to know that guy's uh, still down on his luck. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. And then there was another one, the Ronnie Harmon game, which mm-hmm. I finally remember because it was nineteen ninety, the first year I started gambling. Mm-hmm. Browns hosting a wild card game against Buffalo, three and a half point favorites. Buffalo cuts it to four with four minutes left. Norwood misses the extra point. Buffalo's D gets the ball back. Jim Kelly drives down the field and Ronnie Harmon drops the game-winning touchdown. Wow. And the Browns cover. So, needless to say, the Russell Wilson games have been having for it. But these should all be on a website. There was another one. Yeah, they should be. They, they, right. We they should be able listening. to look at the best 75 uh, stupid covers of all time. Should all be there was on one there. where the Packers were favored by four and they were up six. And it was like eight seconds left. And they would take, I think it was Favre taking a snap from his three. Yeah. And he, he took a safety and it cut it to four. It was a push. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Actually, the ball might have been like at the 10 or something. He ran all the way back and took a safety. Well, that was another famous cover from the 80s. The Pats were playing the Broncos in the playoffs. And I think we were mm-hmm. getting four and we were down three. And, and Tony Eason, one of the original Boston Antichrists, mm-hmm. got sacked in the end zone for a safety. Oh, and yeah. Denver got the cover. I'll, I'll yeah. never forget him. He kind of turned on the Anyone sack, we know it. ever on the right side of these? I'd certainly am. I was last night with the with the freaking Seahawks. Oh, with the Seahawks, you were, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. What a pleasurable experience. Mm-hmm. All right. So Colts Chiefs. I have uh I have six for the Chiefs. Yeah, we all nailed this. I had six, you had six, and Vegas has six. Okay. Seems fair. Six seems I think right. it opened at five, five and a half, and went up. Six seems right, and they're dying for us to tease it with another game that's coming up in a second. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's a pretty nice spot for the Colts, man. Mm-hmm. They're going against a bad defense. They can move the ball. They can run the ball. They can control the cock, clock. <laughs> they control the cock. <laughs> Sorry to step on Big Dick Nick. I didn't Big Dick. talk about that's him That's coming up Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And they might have a coaching advantage because it's Andy Reid in the playoffs. So who the fuck knows? Can can I make a case for the Chiefs in that I I feel they're one of the more disrespected one seeds we've had in this decade. Well, this is a Kevin Clark point. Yeah. Kevin Clark basically said since since the Flacco playoffs that year, mm-hmm. we've gone chalk. Right. We've had the the high seeds have ended up in the Super Bowl year after year after year. So you're right. Maybe they are being disrespected. I mean, just public sentiment out there. It's like a a lot of people are on the cult. Oh, that's might be cult. Oh, the Chiefs are looking to blow. They play no defense. 
if Andy Reid's ever going to step it up, just get out of the first round or get out of your first playoff game, right? It sounds like we need to talk to Andrew the Giant. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, Andrew the Giant, luck. You travel to Arrowhead Stadium, 435 Saturday. You have a massive, massive undertaking in your <laughs> upcoming matchup against the one-seed Kansas City Chiefs. How do you feel? Oh, you know, you, we got to take it one game at a time. You just, you can't, you can't look ahead. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. This is postseason football, and uh, you know their quarterback over there has had a a, a great, great season. And and we're just going to try to match what they have, and and take it quarter by quarter, and, and and see what we have. All right, thank you. That was Andrew the Giant Luck. You can catch. His documentary, which is the number one watched documentary featuring a quarterback slash monster of all time on HBO. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's great. What's our second game on Saturday night? Is all right, it the well, Pats? That's, this is my game. Dallas at the Rams, 8-15 Saturday night. Uh, the, Tough one. The question has to be asked. Am I going? This game's in Los Angeles. You, last time I checked, you live in Los Angeles. I got to tell you, everybody's asking me. And I feel like I have to go because everybody's asking me. But the truth is, it's so much easier for me to walk away from a, a beatdown if I have my TV on. And then just to walk to the car and be in traffic for two hours, that's just an extra slap in the face, right? Well, the problem I, is if it's a yeah. tough loss and you're walking out and some yeah. and some Rams fan, I think they're out there, do the, uh, yeah. hey, Sal, nice game. Like You're just yeah, going right. to want to fight the guy. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to want to have a fight, a fist fight for sure. But what do I, what, what do you do? Yeah, and that's the other thing, though. What do you think? Over under percentage, I would say 55.5% Cowboys fans. You go over or under. Oh, well, you're thrown in the secondary market. Yeah. Shit, I might have to call Nathan Hubbard later to find out. I'm going gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm to text him as we're talking. Okay. I would say... Oh, you're giving me over under 55% 55 Cowboys fans. I'm going yeah. over. I think it's like 62, 63%. Really? Okay. I almost want to do this as, as <laughs> Mike and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you go 65, I, like I was there two years ago at the preseason game. Obviously, it's a preseason game. It's different. Lots of Cowboys fans, maybe 70, 75%. But preseason probably didn't have as much of a fan base as they did back then, the Rams. So maybe it tightens up a little. I'm emailing Nathan Hubbard, who's our ticket expert, as well as an unpaid ringer intern. Right. <laughs> How many Cowboys fans percentage at the Rams game Sunday? Nathan also famously uh, voted against me in the uh, House Seats 3. How dare he? Oh, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah. So how nervous are you on a scale of 1 to 10 for this Rams game? Rams well, this is the matchup well I wanted uh, versus the Saints. I definitely wanted to go to the Rams. Uh, I, I think they're softer. I think Dallas could push them around a little bit defensively. Yeah. I also, you know, I'm sticking to that thing where the Rams really haven't played a great smackdown home game in a while. I know they beat the Niners in week 17, but uh, this is this is not bad. But Dak has got to be better, and the play calling has got to be better. And offensively, they have to they have to shine a little more. Now, the only thing I'll say is. Wade Phillips, this could be a statement game for Wade Phillips against his old team defensively. If he's ever going to step it up, you would think this would be the time. I, you left out Goff. Yeah. Well, he's one of the soft guys. I think we could no, but have, you have our way with a little. You have a good front seven, and you're going to be able to get to him. 
mm-hmm. and he might throw you one. I like the way your your defense played in the Seattle game. Now, granted, you knew every play they were running before they ran the play, so maybe right. that helped. Maybe the confidence of knowing exactly what the guy other team was going to do was was right. a factor. I don't know. I'm hoping this is one of the team the buy teams that gets off to a slow start, and Dallas could be winning ten nothing, and then the Rams could try to chip away at that lead the whole game. Well, but, how how healthy is Gurley? Do we think? I don't know. They're keeping that a, a secret. I mean, he'll play for sure. I think, but. God, this is so winnable. He might not get a Could full you get, load of carries there. How about the fact that a, a Dallas hosting the NFC title game against Philadelphia is actually in play? <laughs> the NFC is 2-0. and The NFC had no business having two playoff teams. Every team in the league in the division was 3-5 and five going into week nine or something like that. We made fun of the NFC East all year now yeah. that there's like a puncher's chance that's our NFC title game. Right. I have, uh, for this one, I have the Rams- I put this right in the Vegas zone, South. Rams by five. Yeah, I went six. It's up to seven. Whoa. Opened at seven. Jesus. Why? It's a lot. That's high considering Vegas got beat up with all the underdogs this week. But I, I mean, I guess it's the same thing with the Eagles where the Eagles was six and it just seemed high. And yet I, mm-hmm. I took the Bears anyway because I didn't think the Eagles were going to score. I right. feel like this line's just too high. I think you can win the game. All right. Thank you. That's no, good enough I'm, for me. I don't need to go watch it now. No problem grabbing the seven in that one. Cool. I could save uh, $450 on a ticket. That's great. What's our clapper confidence level right now? <laughs> uh, it's not great. It's never great. And the bigger the game, the, the, less, the less it goes. Although they didn't show them clapping at all, I don't think, um, Saturday night. So. Maybe switching things up. I mean, don't go for any 58-yard field goals. I don't care if the guy hasn't missed. It's a, it's a rookie and it's uh, playoffs. Enough of this stuff. So Nathan said he thinks 40% for Cowboys fans. Mm. But with the forecasted rain, that could bump to 60%. Oh, really? What There's about- also the fans that are Cowboys fans that won't speak up about it, you know? <laughs> well, what about... uh? Couldn't you couldn't you get cousin Jimmy to uh get you a suite and those suites aren't that good, are they? Aren't they weird? I don't know. Can you get in the Jerry Jones suite? Uh, I think you should be in the suite. I think you should be next to Jerry botching high fives with him. Why not? <laughs> that would be that. the highlight of my life. I really would. It would, it would really? surpass everything. Yeah. You right. and Jerry after a, t- a touchdown where you're going for a high five, but you intentionally hit him in the face because you know because <laughs> you know he'll think it was an accident. I don't know. Or spilling Botox Cheetos flies on all over the suite. Yeah. God, that would right. be great. We can maybe work that out. I actually thought they didn't show him enough on uh, on Saturday night. I, yeah, I was don't contractually, don't they have to show him like 12 and a half That's times? That's what I thought. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe uh, he didn't want to be on TV. It was strange. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden shy. So Nathan also reports there are tons, he put in caps, tons of seats for sale on the Cowboy side and none on the Ram side yet. Really? Yeah. There are sides? Oh, I didn't know there were sides. All right. Apparently. All right, good. There you go. So 40% seems fair. Let's take a break. Talk about Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it, and that is bad. Most people don't realize ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator. There's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. By the way, I've seen these ads on TV. 
I get jealous. I feel like I was with Roman first. I felt like we had something. Now Roman's on TV shows, all this stuff. They've created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-stop shop. Licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED and then ship meds right from your their pharmacy to your door. No waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. Visit GetRoman.com slash Bill. Fill out a brief questionnaire, chat with the doctor, get real FDA-approved medication. It's, uh, it's easy. Deliver it straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go talk to a doctor for, for the love of God. Please do. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle. It's really important. And now with Roman, it's really easy to take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash Bill. All right, moving to Sunday. Who's the first Sunday game? What's your confidence level? Chargers at Patriots. It's not great. I didn't, you know I don't have a lot of confidence in this Pats team. I would say the worst thing for you to come out of that Chargers game, whatever, I thought they looked good and everything else. Uh, first of all, the seven sacks, what are you going to do with Bosa and Ingram? Um, and, and, and plays that aren't sacks, that Derwin James is just all over the place making tackles. But more than that, they have a field goal kicker, Bill. This guy, Michael Badgley, they finally have a field goal kicker. They didn't have to go to South Korea to get him either. It's it's really should be a bigger story. Yeah. I don't know what the equivalent of, if we went through the other sports where the team's all-time worst Achilles heel for years and years has somehow mm-hmm. just been miraculously solved. But right. here we go. It would be like the baseball team that never has the closer, and then all of a sudden they have a lights-out closer. Mm-hmm. Nathan reports... 4,300 seats on sale. Wow. Um, he thinks that will go up. Um, and he thinks if the weather's bad, people will just be selling left and right. All right. So there you go. That's our weather report for that. <laughs> My team, you know, this is a football podcast and we've gone for over an hour now, right, Kyle? Yes, we have. Okay. Oh, Kyle's yep, put out. What do you Dude, I'm get, cool. What do you mean? You I, I, right. wa- I was waiting to get to this part. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> oh, Kyle's he's got to hop in a step now. Um, we did not mention how awesome Melvin Ingram was in that, in that Ravens game. That was one of the most dominating defensive performances, you know, and I know we're going to get all week where the the guy, the talking hair guys on TV are going to be like, you know, we talk about Khalil Mack, but you know, who's good. You know, who's a dominant defensive player is is Melvin Ingram. (laughs) And we're going to have to do that. Melvin Gordon isn't even the best Melvin on the chargers. (laughs) Why don't we talk more about Melvin Ingram? We're we're just getting berated by whoever's right. on our television. I think that's going to happen a lot this week. But he was amazing in that game. They yeah, literally sure. couldn't. They had two him. sacks and probably three near sacks. And- it was all over the place. Yep. So that's gonna not that doesn't make me feel great. And the fact that they have multiple boot chippers on their D doesn't make me feel great. They have wide receivers who can make plays in traffic. That doesn't make me feel great. Mm-hmm. A QB, I forgot. You know. We beat him in 07 during the 18 and 0 season. I don't mm-hmm. call it the 18-1 season. I call it the 18 and 0 season. We were 18 and 0, Kyle. I know. I know. That was the 18 and 0 Patriots. <laughs> and uh and Rivers played in the AFC title game with a torn ACL, which I never thought he got his due credit for. That's so right. um little revenge factor for him, possibly. I he feel like good, man. He's throwing balls. He's running for first downs. It just seems, you know, when you have eight and a half kids, nothing really phases you. I, uh, that, that's the difference between 2007 and now, I think. The Pats have kind of owned the Chargers. Just, wanted, mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. I don't know what that's going to mean. I thought that would mean something in the Steelers game the other week, a, a couple weeks ago, and it didn't. Yeah. But, um, you know, nice rest. 
They, I'm sure they had a chance to look at the tape, get a nice look at what the Chargers are doing. Chargers traveling for the third straight week. I'm trying to get build your confidence here. I put this in the Vegas zone, too. I have Patriots by four and a half. I went a little lower. I said four, and right now it's four. I don't know if that goes up. Are you going to beat me this week? I am. I, I, Jesus. I think I'm going to get the next one, too. Blood Diamond. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I lost a ton on the Bears. I don't feel like a winner tonight <laughs> at all. <laughs> and the, it's not like Dallas treated you that well either. Right. The other yeah. God. Yeah, so this is the early game on Sunday. Yeah. So the night game, or the later afternoon game, should we call this a Super Dave Super Bowl game? Because we have Super Dave, uh, our friend Super Dave Osborne's memorial kicks off right when this game kicks off. Well, so Philly at New Orleans. I, I have an even worse than that. Not only can I tragically not go to the Super Dave thing, but my daughter mm-hmm. has a soccer tournament next weekend. And the the Sunday game to get into the finals, hopefully, of that game is head-to-head with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Oh, the Sunday early game? I'm saying my daughter's third soccer game of this tournament is head-to-head with the Patriots. And this is a situation I've been in before, and I know how to handle it. You do? Okay. I have to go to the soccer game. I have to. Right. Because if I don't, karmically, I'm going to swing the I'm going to swing the game in the past. Exactly. Because I I was a bad father. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be a good father. And I'm going to bank the karma points for my beloved New England Patriots. And also, they have really good Wi-Fi and cellular service right. now. And I'll be able to watch but the game on my phone. God help young Zoe if they lose and the Patriots lose. And she, she, will not, she will not have a meal for another three and a half weeks. Well, it's right? a 10-30 game. And if she lets me down during that game and then the Patriots are behind, I can tell you what she's eating for lunch, Sal. It's going to be gum. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> It's going to be gum in the car, and it might not even be the gum that's in the thing. It might be the one that fell between the seats. Oh, well, at least let her choose between uh, Bubblicious or Big Red. Yeah, I don't even know if that's happening. (laughs) So, yeah, I have to go to the tournament. I can't. Yeah, go. Karmically, that has to be the way it plays, but I don't like that the Pats are going head-to-head. I knew it was going to happen, too. Exactly. That was the the rule. (laughs) So then the last game is? Philly, Philly at New Orleans. Yeah, I beat you here too, Bill. I said seven. What did you say? Oh, I have a six and a half. I had six and a half for the Saints, yeah. Eight. This is the highest one. It's eight. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So the two home teams you're most confident in as we do this Sunday night are the Saints and who? Wow. Just the Saints? I got to say, I might not be confident in any of the home teams. It's unbelievable. I've never felt this way in, in this round. This is usually the round we make money. We have a two-team teaser locked solid and it, it loses anyway, but at least we feel good about it, right? We're not going to tease your stupid team, are we? No, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. I will say, Dak has won me over a couple times over the last couple weeks. Mm. He does have those big in the moment, like scrambles or he's like, he's kind of a gamer and he's, I like his fist pumps after a big play. I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I thought he made, you know, a couple. He's good. He finally connected with Gallup after overthrowing him all year long. That was a nice. Yeah, that uh, was exciting. Well, the 50th time's a charm. They always say. Right. (laughs) I agree uh, with what you've been saying all year is just use his legs a little bit more. Yeah design rollouts and little RPO and all that stuff. Like it does, That's all. he does have nice instincts when he's kind of roaming around. Right. 
And it's not I'm like he's that the Alan most accurate guy. It was terrible. That's going to be, you know, he wasn't our number one receiver, but that was, um, that was really bad. I don't know if you were able to look at it a second time, but I saw it and, uh, it seems like we're, this has been a dislocated ankle frenzy the last two yeah. years. I feel like we've had more dislocated ankles Ugh. in the last 15 months than we had like in my entire life. Well, luckily, uh, Aaron Andrews came on and told us he is not available for the rest of the game. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big surprise. Was, anyway. I, was wait, I was waiting for her report. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was, I was kind of watching how everybody, everybody was reacting to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seemed like an inordinate amount of people were coming over and especially the Cowboys were really upset. Like you're always going to be upset when that happened, but it really seemed like they were going out of their way to be upset. And to, and then I right. read all the stories after I didn't realize he was like one of the leaders of the team. Sure. You're great. Great clubhouse guy. Jason Garrett was holding his hand throughout the whole thing, which is extra difficult for him because he, you know, it makes it so hard to clap. Right. Holding he was clapping hand, his thigh. Stretcher. Yeah, he was clapping yeah. his thigh. Yeah, because yeah. like if that's Antonio Brown, I think some people come by and maybe quick fist at, but I'm not sure the Steelers <laughs> are going to be. That's Antonio Brown. They play with him on the field. <laughs> just now. Dragging him off. Please, <laughs> yeah. please leave. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what to make of this weekend. I, I got to say, it wouldn't shock me if all four of the underdogs made the next round. Yeah, well, they all covered this round. So yeah, you could expect, I mean, there are no gimmies this week. I'll say that. I, mm. I could pretend to be excited about one, but there are really no gimmies. I think the Chargers are the best road team, unfortunately, for you. Uh, let's do Panic Corner really quick. Oh, all right. I'm trying to think. Oh, so, okay. So the family's coming back um, from Hawaii. We're with the Corollas. We're with the, our friend Daniel Kellison, his family. Wait, hold on. Before, before you keep going on this, we should mention, you went to yeah. Hawaii with your family on a family vacation. Mm-hmm. You recorded two podcasts and did at least two episodes of Lock It In from some CD <laughs> TV station in Maui. No TV station. It was like in a strip mall. Like a, it was like a two Samoan guys. One guy mic'd me and the other worked the camera somehow. So your wife, where was your wife, would you call her unhappy, disgusted? What's there, what's the word? There's no wife anymore. She's gone. Oh, she's, <laughs> she, <laughs> no, she's, uh, she was just shaking her head a lot, but. You know, I don't know. Like her plan was to uh, get loaded by the pool, and she still got to do that. I mean, she could tell me like, oh, "We're not doing this again next year." I was like, "Well, you got what you wanted." What? So I worked hard, and I had to put together the Cody's, which is a, another story. Well, but, what? Why didn't you do the whole thing where you just yell at her? Who do you think pays for this vacation? These <laughs> podcasts. That's what's paying for this. I think that's implied. I yeah, I try to get there, and then, well, so I had another thing with her. This is good. So we go to a. Uh, we're going through the security line um, from Hawaii to uh, back to LAX. Yeah. And we're all TSA pre-check. And by the way, that is the greatest deal in America right yes. now. For 60 bucks, you can get your whole family TSA pre-checked. You get through the line, you get fast, you know, faster than everybody. You don't have to take your shoes off, your computer out, anything. Get it if you don't. It takes 20 minutes to sign up. Yeah. Uh, so I go through and we're going through and uh, the TSA pre-check woman says she looks at my 13 year old and says uh how old is he because anyone over 12 is has to have separate id for pre-check and unfortunately your son is six foot one right yeah, yeah. he's very very tall for uh for for a 13 year old even um but so okay if someone asks you and you're in line and someone says uh well now how old is this kid because if you're over 12 you have to have separate id and if you don't you have to go back with the regular people what would you say 
Well, my kids are conditioned to lie under all circumstances. You have to have yeah. to lie. You have to lie. You have to lie. Yeah. You can't say like my wife says, like, well, we didn't have trouble with this the first time when he came oh, through. No. You don't challenge the TSA. So she says people. that, and I, I basically, like in a sitcomy way, have my hand over her mouth saying, uh, but it doesn't matter because he's 12 anyway. So the woman looks at us and is like, whatever, go through. That's all they have to hear, right? They're not going to make a big stink unless someone screams in the ear like, uh, no, no, he's 13. So what do we do? Yeah. Then, then there's a problem. Then you have to go to the, the shitty line. Right. Um, but no, so I thwart that, but I now know that we have one more, uh, TSA pre-check person to go to. Yeah. Uh, and I get everyone on board. I was like, listen, you are 12 years old. I, I don't care. I'm not going in that long line. Just tell them you're 12 when we get to the next person 40 feet from now. Okay? Right. Everyone on board? Yep. Good, good, good. Everyone's on board. Woman says, uh, okay, so is he 12 or is, uh, 13? How old is he? Because, you know, if you're over 12, you have to go on a separate line. You can't go TSA pre-check. And Archie says, I'm 12. And then my youngest, my five-year-old says, you are not 12, you're 13. Oh, no. <laughs> and now I grab the family, I put my arm around, and I just shove everyone forward past the line. It was really, it was like uh, Argo. Like we had to get on that plane because I wasn't going back in that line. But um, yeah, so yeah, that kid got all his Christmas presents taken away. That, he sounds like a chip off the old block. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except he wasn't screwing around. He just wanted to be right. We had, we flew to Boston um, for, for Christmas. And for some reason, my wife didn't have TSA on hers, on her ticket, even though she has it. Right. But I had it and my daughter had it weirdly. So I was like, we're good. You only need two. But I knew we weren't good. I knew she was going to have to go through. Mm -hmm. And so we went through, they wouldn't let her in, but they let the two kids go with me. And it was hilarious. She was so mad. And then we had Clear too, because Clear has been kind enough to sponsor the podcast. And Clear is the best, by the way. Uh, so we're in in like five seconds. And then we're just sitting there and watching her in the long line. And then like going through the thing and you have to take your shoes <laughs> off and your belt. And she was so mad at us. And my asshole son is just pointing and laughing and taunting her. <laughs> Uh, these are the stories that we used to tell about TSA before Trump shut down the entire exactly. government. And now there's no yeah, TSA right. at all. Now you can just walk on a plane with a bomb. I think they're just doing it for free now. I think they can't quit, but they have to do it. So yeah, they're not getting paid. But they could they could go on strike though, right? I think they could. I think they could, but they don't, thankfully. I'm starting to wonder if he's a good president. <laughs> he's really, he's, he's, form, he's working into the role. I think. They had the, this, this uh, article about you know, like the parks, there's nobody working in parks anymore. And all the Porto Johns now are just completely overflowed and there's trash everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's going to really doesn't look care. like back to the future when, too, when Biff took over, right? It's just, how can this get worse? What, what, what else, what else, what other terrible thing has to happen? I almost wish he was a Democrat so we could complain about him because <laughs> he would be just as bad. Um, incredible though. There's going to be no yeah. TSA. Somebody's just yeah. be able to go on a plane with whatever they want. My uh, my parent corner. My son is still playing Fortnite. Mm. We made a deal because Mattel was kind enough because they heard this podcast. They were the parent corner about his Christmas list. They sent some figures, uh, for some wrestling figures, mm -hmm. and uh, for NXT and all, all these NXT figures he likes. So he had the box. And I was like, I'm not going to give you the box. We're going to write out a contract of all the things you're not allowed to do. And we 
Oh, wow. And it was like, you can't play Fortnite on mobile anymore. And um, you can't swear. If you swear, you lose your phone. That was a big one. He's already lost, he's lost his phone yeah. once this weekend already. Uh, mm. You got to play baseball on the tee in the backyard for 20 minutes. He he basically signed his life away just to get these six stupid wrestling figures. Did you go over the actual swear words? He, he knows what the swear words are. He knows what they are? All right. But now he's doing this new thing where he he plays video games and he goes, shiitake mushrooms. And <laughs> like these words that sound like they're going to be a swear and they're not. So anyway, he so now he's playing the the video game, the Fortnite only on the PlayStation, but he's doing this new thing. He gets really mad when some, when he gets killed and he's convinced that all these people are hacking and cheating and that like, if he gets killed in some way that doesn't add up, Mm -hmm. he's just assumed the guy had some cheat code or some. I wonder where he gets that from. Yeah, I know. It sounds a little familiar (laughs) or some way, some aim device that you're not aim bot it's called. So he's been in this thing. He's reporting the people that kill him, which you can do. You can report. Mm-hmm. You can report on them that they're either harassing or doing something legal or like two people are playing together. You're not supposed to team up. And he's just reporting people left and right. So now we, now we, this has been another thing. And now he's not allowed <laughs> to play Fortnite anymore because he's <laughs> reporting. He's like a narc. He's like Fortnite narc. It's report night. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite narc starting my 11 year old son who still plays with wrestling figures. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. That's great. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you, Sal. Who, that's good. But you didn't all bet right. on the Golden Globes tonight. I know. I didn't. I, I steered clear of it. I don't know. Uh, I saw Sandra Oh was hosting and she won an award. So that seemed a little suspicious. It was so unlike you. I know. I got to get back in the saddle. We'll hit the Oscars. I haven't seen all these movies. I've only, I saw Vice and a couple of screeners, but nothing great so far. Can we bet on uh, on Zion going first in the draft or are those odds just through the roof? I down? haven't seen. Um, that's definitely happening, right? Yeah. Didn't we see minus 400 the last time? Zion, a couple weeks ago. Zion did a 360 dunk over the weekend, just kind of casually on a, yeah, on a turnover. And it's Zion's reached a point now that if your team gets the first pick and doesn't take him, mm-hmm. it might be a riot. Right. I don't know how you pass him. He's, right. he's, well, he's, he's got too much steam hurt. now. He just does all these fancy moves and he's going to hurt himself. It really does seem like he's indestructible though. He just yeah. he, he, he reminds me of LeBron where he's just like such a physical specimen or Giannis right. or these people that you just watch. You're like, oh my God, that guy's never getting hurt. I hope I didn't just jinx him. Not going to mm-hmm. I'm not going to things. Uh, what do you have to plug, Sal? Uh, lock it in 430 to 5.30 Eastern Monday through Friday. I'm on that show. I'm not very good at picking games, but you could watch. We'll be previewing the... Uh, the college football championship. I have Bama. I'm sticking with Bama. Um, also, against all odds, this Wednesday night, I think I'm going to have Manny Pacquiao on, believe it or not. He has a fight against uh, Adrian Broner. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to feel him out for that. You know, I know he hasn't been too reliable lately, but I'm, I'm going to talk to him. Anything I should ask him? I've never really trusted his boxing after the time he invited Jimmy to walk out to the ring with him, like on short notice. You didn't he, like that. Yeah. No, no. It just, he added Jimmy to his entourage. He didn't seem very focused. Worried All right. Me. Well, I'm going to make sure he doesn't have Jimmy, any Jimmy's in his entourage. Just this didn't, time. could have seemed a little more focused, I guess is mm-hmm. my point. Right. Did we, did we talk about the Cody's since you, I guess we did uh, it. I think we were on our, our agent, James baby doll Dixon won the uh, character of the year. I put together a hundred page document, um, highlighting all the character, the, all the moves, all the things that characters in my life, have done all their accomplishments and James baby doll Dixon, uh, won again. Do you feel three-time champ? he's a three-time champ? Did you feel like this was a signature year for him or like he just, 
It was just a typical MVP season for him. It was kind of typical. I mean, he litters everywhere. He falls asleep. He comes to see our tapings and falls asleep. That's a. I feel like that's a relatively new wrinkle in his arsenal. The falling asleep? Just the falling asleep in public when he's there to support his clients while also insisting that he has to be there to support his clients and then he just litters and falls right, asleep. Right, yeah, it's easier if he doesn't show up, right? Instead of like on his fourth day of a trip to LA, he still claims he's on East Coast time and falls asleep at everything. But uh, I like that he was. He seems a little more worried about uh, his big picture of finances this year because of, because of some of the clients maybe not as high profile anymore. Right. We should talk about that because that didn't seem to add up. That number he threw our way. But. <laughs> it really did it. <laughs> I still think really seem, got- it seems like he has two two very expensive late night hosts still on television. <laughs> Eight figures. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. Seems I like know. Those, seems like those commissions would be pretty good. <laughs> he was good. He he built the new house in Jupiter, Florida. He showed every Uber driver. You know. Struggling to make thirty five grand a year when they're stuck in traffic, he's showing them uh, pictures of the house and everything, showing uh, women his abs, saying, "Hey, not bad for double nickels." He's referring to as being fifty five years old, yeah. falling asleep everywhere. What am I missing? Well, he's, the it's, best. he's still, without real warning at all, stays at Jimmy's house, who has two small kids, right? And chain stays smoke, at the house. chain smokes around their small children. Yeah, even though Uninviting. anything, he's out here for is like an award show that he could get, you know, he, he gets his hotel comp and everything, but was Tony Romo excited to get some points? <laughs> he doesn't really get it. I don't think, but <laughs> he, he felt like he, it was, he was offended. About it. He predicted it. It's one of the things he predicted. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we will, uh, listen. Oh, by the way, listen to against all odds this week too. You'll be breaking down with the trifecta. That's right. Everything I'll that's coming breaking out. down these four games further and the national championship and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And then we'll be back, uh, next Sunday. All right. So all right. good job by you. Good job by you. All right. That's it for the pod. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Voodoo. Don't forget to go to Voodoo.com slash Rewatchables. And don't forget the Rewatchables is coming. We're getting very close. We're within 36 hours. The Rewatchables, The Godfather. It is happening. Go to the Ringer.com. Read all of our great football stuff. Golden Globes coverage, NBA, Tech, Trump, Justin Charity on fire lately. Shout out to him. Uh, writing some great political pieces for us whole bunch of stuff it is the world's best website and we'll be back with the bs podcast later this week until then